Gridbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. Welcome to True Fairy Tales. This series is called True Fairy Tales because fantasy stories are true even though they're not factual. Father Longenecker's own fairy tales are loaded with symbols, pointers, and hints of a deeper meaning. They are influenced by C.S. Lewis's famous Chronicles of Narnia. Lewis said that Narnia stories were not allegories, but analogies. What's the difference? An allegory is a story like Pilgrim's Progress, where every character, incident, or location has a one-to-one symbolic meaning. So, for example, a character is called Mr. Worldly Wiseman, and the town is called Vanity Fair. In contrast, an analogy uses symbols that only indicate a deeper meaning. In the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan is a Christ-like figure, and the White Witch is a diabolical character. But the significance is not as specific and literal as an allegory. You might not know it, but C.S. Lewis's friend, J.R.R. Tolkien, was not a great fan of the Narnia series. He hated allegory because it was too literal, and the Narnia stories were too close to allegory for his tastes. In this episode, Father Longenecker tells one of his own fairy tales. We wanted the story to come out in time for Thanksgiving, and you'll see why. Here's Father Longenecker telling the story of Strapacross the Scarecrow. Once there was a scarecrow who lived in the middle of a big cornfield. He was a very happy scarecrow, although he was a rather stupid one. Like all scarecrows, he didn't have a brain. And although this strange lack of brain sometimes prompts scarecrows to undertake long and perilous journeys with little girls, lions, and tin men, this scarecrow was happy in his cornfield and never had the idea to leave. Uh, But I forgot, he couldn't have ideas because he didn't have a brain. This particular scarecrow, whose name was Strapplecross, was made from leggings stuffed with dried corn husks and stalks. The leggings were stuffed into a pair of worn-out red boots. His head was an old burlap bag stuffed full of corn straw with big buttons for eyes and a corn-cob nose. His top was a faded blue denim shirt, again stuffed with corn stalks. Down his shoulders was a ragged, wine-colored red shawl with a hood and a patch on it, and on his head was a black, battered straw hat with a low crown, a wide, round brim, and a pheasant feather in the band. The old farmer made Strapplecross many moons ago, and stuck him up on a pole in the field with his arms spread out. His red gloves, stuffed full of corn straw, were nailed in place to keep him there. Poor old Strapplecross was not only a simple scarecrow, he was also not very good at scaring birds. In fact, just the opposite was the case. He made friends with the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, and they made friends with him, coming to perch on his arms and head. He wasn't good at scaring any of the birds, because he was such a happy, thankful scarecrow. He was delighted about everything in the world around him. He saw the sun come up each morning like a strong young man coming out of his chamber, and he watched all day long until it went to bed in the orange evening sky. He was happy when the gentle rain fell and helped the corn to grow. He saw the little moles and rabbits and mice who lived in the hedges on the edge of the field. 
and he was friends with them too. He was thankful for all these things, and the thankfulness in his heart put a smile on his face. And because he was a simple scarecrow, he was thankful for everything he had, and he never thought about what he didn't have. Well, I must get on with the story, because although Strapplecross was not a very brainy scarecrow, he was a magic scarecrow. The farmer who made him long ago was one of those wise old farmers who rub their grizzled chin and say, oh, well, now uh, you see, hmm, it could be this, and well, uh, oh, well, it could be the other, but um, on the other hand, you never know for sure. And when this old farmer had finished making Strapplecross, he took down his old almanac, and he set a spell for making scarecrows to be specially scary to all the birds. But what the farmer didn't know was that the magic really worked, but because he got the words back to front and didn't really believe in them, and he'd also been taking a sip of the old moonshine at the same time, the magic spell went whoopsie-doo and do the reverse and made Strapplecross the nicest, most unscary scarecrow you could ever find. And because he was a magical scarecrow, he would come to life during the night once a year, when the moon was full closest to Thanksgiving Day. He could be alive, but if anyone saw him, he'd have to stand very still, with his arms spread out, as if he were back on his post. So for a few hours on the night of the harvest moon near Thanksgiving Day, every year, Strapplecross would come down from his post and spend the night going around the field, finding fallen bits of corn from the harvest. He'd gather them up and fill his pockets and his trousers and his hat and stuff them into his shirt and on the hood on his cloak, and he did this so that all his friends from the hedges, the mice and the moles, the pheasants, the rabbits, the hedgehogs, the possums, the crows, the squirrels, would all have corn to nibble on all through the dark, cold winter months. The corn would lie golden and warm in his pockets and pants, his cat and cloak and pockets, and all through the winter Strapplecross would hold up his red gloves with magic corn for his friends to eat. The animals all said that Strapplecross's food was like no other corn on earth. They said it tasted like warm bread or milk and honey, and if you ate it, you would never get hungry again for a very long time. The only problem with Strapplecross's magic outing once a year was that he had to get back to his post before the sun came up, or the spell would be broken, and he would lose his enchanted life, and if he were lying in the field he might be run over by the farmer's tractor, or the farmer might take him back to the farmhouse and take him apart and pull out all his stuffing and no more Strapplecross. If that were to happen, the only thing that could save him were the tears of a young girl. While Strapplecross enjoyed his happy life, there was one thing he dreaded. There were some boys from the nearby city who used to come to the countryside and camp in the woods by the field. They were big boys who drove around on a large, noisy red pickup truck with wheels that were too big. The leader was called Bud Crampton, and the other fellows were called Ralph Sludge and Gordon Sourbutt. And when I said they came out camping, it wasn't real camping that took skill. They just came out to the countryside to build a fire, drink beer, do bad things, and shoot whatever they could find with their shotguns. Strapplecross hated it when the big red truck roared up the road and screeched a halt by the gate at the far side of his field. All the animals hurried for cover as soon as Bud, Ralph, and Gordon arrived. The pheasants hooted and flew. The rabbits scuttled for cover. The chipmunks ducked into the woodpile, and the squirrels ran for the trees. 
Sometimes the boys would actually take pot shots at Strapplecross, and more than once their shots tattered his cloak and pinged off his hat. The spring came and the summer went, and before long it was the night of the harvest moon again. And as the moon came up, the magic warmed Strapplecross, and he climbed down from his post. He was so happy to be back at his task, gathering up the bits of corn left from the harvest. He ran about filling his pockets, shoving corn into the hood of his cloak and into his hat. He filled every crevice with corn, until he could hardly tell what was corn and what was Strapplecross. It was as if his whole body was made of corn. He was so busy gathering food for his friends that he didn't notice how late it was getting. He was on the far side of the field and was just about to turn back and get to his place when he heard a terrible sound. It was Bud's big red truck. The boys had been camping and they were yelling as they jumped out of the truck and began to climb over the gate into the field. Strapplecross froze in his place with his arms spread wide. The boys couldn't see what it really was in the moonlight, and when they saw the scarecrow with his arms spread out, they thought he was a monster. Think of it. For the first time in his whole life, Strapplecross actually scared somebody. Bud shrieked in terror. What is that thing? Ralph shouted. It's some kind of bad ghost or something. Suddenly the shotgun fired. Gordon yelled, I got him, boys. It was a spook or something. And when they ran up to see what Gordon had shot, Ralph called out, It's just that dumb old scarecrow. That's all the scared you, bud, you big sissy. They shuffled off to the campfire laughing, and Strapplecross, shot all to pieces, looked up sadly as the sun was rising. The spell was broken, and he would never be able to feed his friends again. He lay there for what seemed about three days and three nights, and then two children came across the field for a walk. John and Ruth were brother and sister, and they lived with their mother in a cottage on the other side of the forest. John was a gentle boy, and they said he was a bit of a dreamer, and Ruth was the strong, practical kind of girl you'd like to be friends with. Because they were poor, John and Ruth had come to gather up the spare corn from the harvest. Ruth saw Strapplecross and cried out, Look, John, it's that dear old scarecrow. Somebody shot him up with a shotgun. I'll bet it was those stupid boys from the city in that big red truck who come out here camping, said John. Let's put him back together, said Ruth. And she knelt down and gathered up Strapplecross's corn husks, stalk, and corn straw. John got down to help her, and as they worked together, he said, Why, Ruth, why are you crying? It's only an old scarecrow. Ruth wiped her nose quickly and said, Oh, it's nothing, really. Maybe I'm just allergic to all that corn straw. They put the scarecrow back together and hoisted him back on his post, and he stands there still in the middle of the field with his arms stretched wide to feed all his friends. And if he happened to be in that field on the night of the harvest moon, you might just glimpse his button eyes twinkle with life and his red gloves lift up as he climbs down to gather up his own rich harvest. We hope you enjoyed listening to the story of Strapplecross and that you will listen again and discuss the story together. Remember, these stories are podcasted free of charge, but they are not free to produce and distribute. If you would like to help support Father Longenecker's work, make sure to go to his blog, Standing on My Head, at DwightLongenecker.com. You can use the donate button on the right sidebar to make a donation, or go to the subscribe page to see how you can be a donor subscriber and receive extra podcast stories, archived blog posts, browse Father Longenecker's books, and be in touch. 
That's DwightLongenecker.com or just do a Google search for Dwight Longenecker. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com.